I think it's really difficult for influencers to know when it's the right time to make certain moves because so much yes. is nobody test, tells you, you know, nobody tells you. And like, as I've learned things, I love to share it because I'm like, I feel like there's probably something literally our job. To do this that doesn't know. Yeah. So I try to share it, but there's also so much that I feel like I'm still learning. There's so much that I'm still figuring out. Um, but I guess I was just kind of part of the journey of like doing your own thing and having this like dysfunctional work, um, you know, path. And I, and if there's any influencers that I feel like that are out there that like don't know when it's the right time to do certain things, like ask questions. Always. I ha- you have I, to reach out to yeah. other people. You like yes. influencing is a very influencing, kind of creating whatever. It's a very lonely field. You would mm-hmm. think it's not because you're, it's a lot, you know, especially for influencers, it's audience based. And so, yeah. but it is extremely lonely. You have no coworkers. You've uh-huh. got no body to turn to you. You got nobody like a boss saying that, that you're doing a good job. I haven't had a boss in years. And now that I have one, I'm so grateful for her. I'm your host, Sarah Boss, and welcome to Attainable Podcast. Okay. All right. Ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. I'm so, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so excited to be talking to you. We met so briefly and now I'm like completely invested in your whole, (laughs) all your socials. It's, I'm, I'm very inspired by you. Let me get that out of the way. I'm very, very inspired by your content and your whole process. (laughs) But this is absolutely a selfish podcast for me um as far as i i love all the guests i bring on but some of them i definitely pick because i'm like i want to talk to this person um so thank you so much for coming on will you just introduce yourself for the people who don't know who you are well first of all thank you so much for the love um so my name is elizabeth jude i am a digital creator and entrepreneur basically that's i think that's how i would describe myself um and yeah so on on instagram on any social platform it's at elizabeth underscore jude underscore and the commonly asked question is is jude my last name and no it's not um it's my middle name i've always felt very connected to it so when i was like in high school i think is when i started using that at and it just kind of has been how people know me now as elizabeth jude but it's not my last name my last name is um baptista which is portuguese um because my dad's side he's portuguese canadian and then my mom is latina so jude is jude kind of comes off like neither one of those so it's just very confusing people but that's but yeah. what a great like blended name and what a that's such a fun yeah. like story behind the name um I have a, I already I, I have questions of course prepared but now even as we're talking I knew I was like I don't really have to prepare much because I know this conversation is going to just kind of flow so I already <laughs> have questions but um what kind of content do you post in general in case somebody doesn't follow you so originally I started on Instagram and it was all fashion content, a little bit of lifestyle. And then on TikTok, the same thing, but I actually blew up on TikTok and grew my TikTok account talking about the back end of being an influencer or starting out as an influencer slash micro influencer, like the term people like to use. So I would share like marketing tips or like hashtag tips on like how to grow on Instagram. I was like one of the first people to kind of like talk about that specifically on TikTok. Um, now I feel like there's a lot more creators that are open about that. But yeah, and so when I started on TikTok, I had like maybe 2,000 
thousand Instagram followers. I was definitely like micro influencer. And then um, I started, well, I started what then became known as 100 Days 10K. And that's what grew my Instagram account and my TikTok account it kind of blew up. And what I was talking about is basically just like everything that goes into a post, everything from the hashtags, the caption, like, or even sometimes I would take my audience shooting with me and like what it's like to do a content day and stuff like that. Um, so then that's kind of what my content has evolved into. Um, so I think I'm fashion, lifestyle, and then the background of being an influencer. There's like several niches going Just on. It's like your life, <laughs> all aspects of your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. Where, where I, I didn't look, uh, how many followers do you have now on Instagram? Right now on Instagram, I'm like right about to hit 8,000. I had 8,000, things have been fluctuating, but I'd say I'm right around the 8,000 mark. And then on TikTok, I have like 35,000 or so. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so, uh, you know, you introduced yourself, content creator, entrepreneur. Do you, mm-hmm. have you had, have you struggled with your title as somebody who has, is an independent, you know, contractor-esque, you, you know, you work for yourself, meaning there's nobody mm-hmm. handing you a job description. Have you, have you, um, ever struggled with that and what to call yourself or when people ask like, Hey, what do you do? Yeah, like an identity crisis. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like this um, is a leading question because you can tell I've had this problem. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, absolutely. I mean, well, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur like since I was a kid. My entire family is entrepreneurs. My grandfather, my dad, my mom, all of us. Um, and so like I always knew that that would be like what I will be one day or that like I want to embody that. Um, but the way in which I've done it... <laughs> not at all the way I thought it would end up happening so it was like really hard for me to just like click and be like I am a boss I am a CEO I am a you know whatever title you like to use it took a while for me to get that because at first I was doing this like obviously trying to pursue being an influencer um but it's really hard to like actually consider yourself a legit business you know what I mean because you're doing this in the beginning you're doing it for free basically I mean you're like you're working you're shooting the content you're posting it you're marketing yourself nobody's paying you in the beginning so it's like okay is this a business like can I consider myself that like yeah there's definitely that imposter syndrome and then as you start to make money and monetize it and grow a following it starts to help legitimize it a bit so I feel like as I've been able to do that and now I, I actually do own um a company corporations like as legit as it can get so it's like okay Elizabeth come on like now you actually have to say you're a business owner um but when yeah you put the paperwork like, in, it does feel a lot more like oh okay. so much yeah yeah it feels so much more like real right but I feel like I've been doing the same thing for two three years now so it's like but nothing has really changed like I should have just considered my myself this from the beginning because I was acting this way and functioning this way for a while now so um it's just the paperwork is there now so yeah <laughs> so I can officially say it but yeah I definitely I think I definitely have kind of struggled with like what that what that title is I think ever since the the birth of the phrase just creator like calling yourself a creator is very liberating to me um I think the word influencer like gives a lot of people the ick it so does when it I does just say, yeah when I just say um well when I first started I was technically a blogger like I have an actual blog yeah um because that's kind of what it was, I think when I started blogging, it was already dying a little bit, but that was what my brain thought was like going to make myself an influencer. Like I needed to have a blog, right? So I did the blog, even though I, I don't think it was really blogging time, but 
anyways so at first i could say blogger and then it was like mm, blogging is dead nobody says that influencer and then there's like that whole ick behind it and then now it's like creator and i'm like oh like oh this, this feels okay. nice like we're all sitting nice. here this yes is i feel i feel like i'm a creative yeah because i mean at first i was doing photo content now i'm doing video content so like you know i feel like all of us really we used to say we're influencers oh photography but now we have to create like we have to create all sorts of different content podcasting video long-form video photo like you can't really categorize yourself you just call yourself a creator and i i love i actually really do love that phrase and i try to use that as part of like my title because i feel like that's essentially what i am you know yeah i i searched so long like for a title mm -hmm. when i especially when i was freelancing because i was doing um I mean, before i of course i haven't started i'd say no, it's not official. Like I have not started influencing until March. So before that I was in freelancing, but I was doing social media and I was doing social media posting. And, but I also, I really wanted to be an influencer. I didn't even really understand how much I wanted to be an influencer. And so I was like, how do you give yourself a title when nobody's there to give it to you? Mm -hmm. And especially coming out of college where it was very systematic and entrepreneurship is so not like, I really, really wish that every person were, has to take a class on like, I don't know, like dysfunctional career path or, you know, yeah. uh, life blows up, up in your face one-on-one -on -one, or like, <laughs> like we could, we could really use, you know, a little guide. I love that title. Dysfunctional Pressure. career path one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you know, with <laughs> When, when we leave the academic structure um, that I'm so thankful you put there, you know, I mean, there's some kinks, but like big fan, I felt very safe. Here's the problem. Mm -hmm. You kicked me out and now I feel very unsafe. Like it was such a, a whirlwind on like finding not only my identity out of college, but then my identity within mm -hmm. like finding a career in your 20s. So I 100% um, like I really, really relate to that. So you you have monetized multiple I guess you have multiple monetary uh, streams of income. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Streams of income, um, which pretty much all creators kind of got to do and it happens naturally. Do you mind breaking yeah. down what those look like um, for yeah. like, you know, okay, this is your job, but how do you get paid? Mm -hmm. So, okay. Most, most creators understand that there are brand collabs, right? So that's when the brand approaches you as a creator and says, Hey, I want these types of deliverables. And then you provide them, you get paid. Usually brand collabs are one-off projects, seasonal, like, you know, when they have a campaign going on, um, they're not usually regular income coming in, right? So that's the first type of um, way that creators tend to monetize, but it's really hard to like, what's it called? It's really hard to sus like sustain or even project how much you're gonna make. Um, so that's why a lot of creators don't rely on that because you'll have seasons where you're making a ton of money and then all of a sudden it goes down to zero and you're like, whoa, how did that happen? I'm like getting ready so, for January for that. I'm like, this is going to be my yeah. first year and I think January is just going to punch me in the face because I am i don't know anything else. I'm like, this is great. Like brands are coming out the wazoo and then January is going to hit. It'll be crickets and be like amazing amazing this is when people get really good at budgeting i think that like influencers are amazing at budgeting because like we have such fluctuations in our income like we have to be really really frugal i think especially in the beginning um before we're able to really start seeing anything that's like super consistent but anyway so brand clubs is the first type and then i think most influencers naturally will branch into like affiliate programs like amazon influencer programs probably the most popular one um and so that sort of income is a lot more regular because if you're promoting that product on a regular basis Basis, you can sort of project like if you have a certain type of video that goes viral you can see okay this isn't gonna get me a good amount of sales so you can see like that you're making maybe a consistent amount of money 
every month but then it also can fluctuate too because i've had videos that go viral about a certain product and all of a sudden that month i'm making like a lot more than i did another month um but if you're consistently promoting those products for whatever brand whether it's amazon or something else um you could probably see some sort of regular income out of that so that helps and then other ways that creators monetize i mean there are so many really that a creator can monetize with but for me um i started my agency um, it was like yeah it was march 2021 yeah i started my agency and that was mostly because of um 100 days to 10k and really just exposing how to grow on instagram the whole back end a lot of small businesses started reaching out to me and they were like hey you'd be a great social media manager and i it just like immediately snapped in my head and i was like okay set up um a corporation started getting clients and i built my agency basically off of small businesses and what was great about that is that you're doing monthly retainers so now i know exactly how much money i can confidently say i might be making that month right so i think like for influencers finding something like that like something some sort of monthly retainer situation um makes it really really nice and helpful to be able to project how much you're gonna make anyways after a year after doing that then i got like my first year clients um and then from there it's been like okay my main source of income right now is my agency i make most of my money off of that than influencing um which is something i hope ends up leveling out mm -hmm. you know but um yeah that's one of the ways i've done that um another thing that the agency does is like um ad work so we'll do like creatives for ads so sometimes that's a one-off project so that doesn't mean that i don't have occasional one-off projects and that creators in general i know influencers also get hired to just do an ad um so that sort of stuff helps other ways that creators monetize is like usage rights like all these other contractual things you can pay for like if the company wants to pay to continue to use their content um for the next six months and then they pay again so that might be residual income you get um just kind of depends on the like, collaboration that's the crazy thing about this business is that there's no like set in stone way to do things there's not. like there's not like there's so many different ways that 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 um what's it called that contract could be created where by the way i'm not qualified to be talking about this i'm not a lawyer i don't know that much about contracts okay but from my from my experience all the contracts are pretty different and like sometimes they have they're asking for different things and like try to be very careful about what you sign obviously that's my advice to any influencer signing contracts i don't know about you but it really like gives me anxiety i it should give me more anxiety than it does yeah. like i am I way know. too laissez-faire and thankfully i i i think i'm signing on with management um yeah. which i was really nervous about but um we're kind of like in the chats right now but i'm essentially like i'm essentially gonna laissez-faire sign their contract um yeah. i was like i mm -mm, i can't i can't handle all of this like i really it's too much, especially I, that's you know, the first thing that's the first thing I want to source out as far as like the influencer side of my job is getting management for sure. Actually, like, I don't know if I'm allowed to throw you a question, but like, how do you yeah, know, no, whatever, in your opinion, like, when did you feel like you're ready to get management? Uh, when I saw somebody who was smaller than me doing really, really uh -huh. well. And I asked her why, and she said she got management. No um, and yeah, I'll go ahead and throw it out because it's all it's all mm -hmm. public information anyway. So Erin of uh, Money to Miles on TikTok, we've become like internet friends. She's 
an amazing creator. I really look up to her. Um, yeah. I just think she's, a, she's extremely smart. And um, she also has just like me, like a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hers is outside of the industry. My nine to five job is also TikTok. So it's like, I'm literally doing yeah. this all day. But uh, she, she's a finance influencer. So one of her videos, she did a breakdown of um, all the money she made as an influencer. And of course, she did the video. So like, I feel like I could talk about it publicly because she did. And she made eight grand in the month of mm-hmm. September or October or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I, I was, I'm not, I'm not making that much. And I, I was like, Aaron, I messaged her. I was like, Aaron, what are you doing? Like, how do you handle all this? Because I'm an inbox zero kind of girl. Like, I like to keep my email very clean. I have not, like, it is having the like I started my job in June and like I just started influencing in March I guess is when I blew up and like things started kind of coming in in like July and so Mm -hmm. this is still very new I was like what the hell do I do she was like oh girl I got management I said you'd what yeah yeah they they approached me I was kind of like nervous about it I was like yeah I'm I didn't think that I got I was there yet I kind of felt like it was a you know, like somebody else would come around and be like, oh, you can totally do that for yourself. Like you're just doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want to just like jump on that train. But mm-hmm. then I saw, you know, she was making a grant and I was like, um, yeah. yeah, you can take 20% because I'm I'm not making half that right yeah. now with yeah. managing myself. So that kind of like gave me permission. But even talking to the management agency, I think like it's w- always worth conversations. Um, they're based in Nashville. They're super nice. And th- like, it was interesting because they were asking me like what other platforms I was on. Like they were interested in my Instagram, which is not that big. Um, right. And I don't put as much effort into it as I think I could. I I know mm-hmm. I could. And I think I- I'd like to. Um, they wanted to know if I had YouTube, Pinterest, like what other, you know, even casting, like was I interested in going into like TV roles, which I've done before. So I've really liked that just as extra, but I was like, hell yeah. So I think they're like the fact that they're interested in all platforms. It's a lot more of how well-rounded you are as a creator than like size. I think the size is more of a vanity metric for like, and also the impact you have like on your own community. Like is your community engaged in your content? So like I have considered management kind of recently and I've been back and forth about it. Um, Something that I did realize was the same thing where like I saw smaller creators and they were making much more than me and they had management and I was like, wow. I also recently made a friend who's a manager. She was able to give me really good insight onto like how that could even help me. But something that like, like the little voice in my head is like, you're not big enough for that. Like this is, you're not, that's not justified yet. Yeah. And it's like, it's, and it's messed up because like, I mean, the truth is like out from the outside looking in, like, it seems like only the girls who are super mega famous on Instagram or on TikTok, like deserve management, which is so, so messed up to say, because like the reality is that everybody's business, the way it's structured is very different. And this is being an influencer isn't actually my full time, right? Because I have this agency similar to you, you have your nine to five and then you do this. So in our case, it's like, okay, maybe I'm not big enough to be doing just this and then therefore I don't need a manager. But considering all the other moving factors that you have a nine to yeah, five, it's I, like I'm too, running a company. It's, it's too like, much. whoa. Yeah, exactly. It's too much. You and to know that all. I could be making more money, I was like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Then that is yeah. stupid for my pride or my imposter syndrome to get in the way of that. Yeah. Um, it definitely, like, I'll always be very transparent. It was very helpful in that um, I look up to Erin as like a better creator than me, but mm-hmm. she has under half the followers I do. 
doesn't yeah. matter, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things. Right. But to, that was sort of a vanity piece for me mm-hmm. where I was then able to sort of justify that because, you know, that that just kind of feels good. But, sh- you know, I don't see us as as very different. And so to see a peer, then I was like, OK, that kind of like gave me permission. And yeah, I just kind of had the conversation. Um, I'd say like if you're nervous, like open up the conversation with, you know, if you're yeah. you've got agency in mind or if you want me to mm-hmm. like recommend this agency, you know, probably when we'll we talk about this. for Yeah, sure. we'll talk about it <laughs> after the call. But yeah, like yeah, um, happy yeah. to, happy I think to it's, make connections. I think and- it's so hard. Um- What's it called? I was going to say that I think it's really difficult for influencers to know when it's the right time to make certain moves because so much yes. is nobody tells happens, you, you know, nobody tells you. And like, as I've learned things, I love to share it because I'm like, I feel like there's probably something literally our job. To do this that doesn't know. Yeah. So I try to share it, but there's also so much that I feel like I'm still learning. There's so much that I'm still figuring out. Um, but I guess that's just kind of part of the journey of like doing your own thing and having this like dysfunctional work, um, you know, path yeah. in a way. So, yeah, yeah. but it's definitely think- something I'm looking to explore. And I and if there's any influencers that I feel like that are out there that like don't know when it's the right time to do certain things, like ask questions. Always. I ha- you have I, to reach out to yeah. other people. You like yes. influencing is a very influencing, content creating, whatever. It's a very lonely field. You would mm-hmm. think it's not it's a lot you know especially for influencers it's audience based and so yeah but it is extremely lonely you have no co-workers you've uh-huh. got no body to turn to you you got nobody like a boss saying that, that you're doing a good job I haven't had a boss in years and now that I have one I'm so grateful for her I'm like oh my god <laughs> you don't know how good it is to be on a team like I I really uh am so grateful for that but still mm-hmm. like you know I have my, my other side where and and that I'm used to being alone and it is really lonely. You have to find like other friends. Yes. And I guarantee if you reach out to other influencers, we're all thinking the same thing. We're like, mm-hmm. can I ask you some questions? Like, what the fuck are you oh, doing? Oh yeah. And then I'll tell oh, yeah. you with your life. And we're all just like staring at each other, like, does yeah. anyone know what's going on? I love it too though. Any sense of community really mm-hmm. within like the influencer space where like a lot of us don't know what we're doing. So if you reach out to influencers, especially like in a similar range as you are a similar point in their career as you mm-hmm. um they're always gonna I mean I've never had an experience where an influencer was like trying to be gatekeepy with me in the DMs yeah like, if I've I never ask, had they, that but I'm sure that's they normally like- answer yeah, yeah yeah but at the same time I'm not asking like the biggest I'm not asking like Victoria Paris for advice like, right low. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I'm asking like other local Miami influencers girls maybe similar to my size or maybe slightly bigger than me some stuff like that and so yeah don't be afraid to ask questions and like reach out to, I think it's so cool that like you're just having conversations with management just to like explore and see what this could be like I feel like that's probably the next step for me is like I need to like ask more questions I need yeah, to like, actually talk to like a, yeah. like talk to a manager and, 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 well, yeah. and I know you said you had a friend with the manager but um you know talk to agencies and and see what they're like what they are like because it's amazing yeah. they're not scary and they're actually very right. cool at least the ones I, yeah. I talked to but that's um good. Yeah, it's crazy. I want to, I want to, I want to uh, steer the conversation a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm a huge, obviously, I'm very inspired by your content from a creator perspective because you do look at it just differently and you know how much work yeah. goes into that. And and so mm-hmm. the creator, the curation of specifically your Instagram content, 
Um, big, big fan. And you are, to my understanding, primarily an Instagram girly. Like that's kind yeah, of very- originally, yeah. Originally, originally. yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I don't think I've actually heard somebody or or like, yeah, really heard anybody in a very long time speak highly of Instagram, but that's kind of mm-hmm. where you like that's that's kind of yeah. where you started. Like that's where yeah. um, you know, you got the hundred days to 10k and can you, yeah, mm-hmm. speak a little bit about that journey and your growth on yeah. Instagram and, and also not just growth in terms of tips, but um, how you see your Instagram. Because I think it's really interesting how platforms and like when you're building your platform, there's a point that you get to and it changes, but there's a point you get to that you kind of click with, oh, like, this is what this platform means to me. This is what these Mm -hmm. people mean to me. This is what Mm -hmm. I do on this platform. Mm -hmm. It's like a point of ownership. So I'd love to hear, like, how you feel about your platform in that way. Yeah. So in general, the way I feel about Instagram is is very different than the way I feel about TikTok. And even, I explain this even to brands sometimes. I think that TikTok, um, people love it, right? Because we get, we can go viral, right? That, that, That possibility of exposure is so much higher on there. Um, now with Instagram Reels, I know things are obviously shifting, but um, people love TikTok because of the authenticity of it, because you can go viral, because it. I feel like people are even like more themselves on TikTok because they don't feel like they need to be that curated or that perfect on TikTok. Um, but on Instagram, one of the really powerful things about it, I think, is that the sense of community that you can create on Instagram and also the fact that as a creator, you can create so many different types of content. And so you can have stories, reels, um, photo, like all of that in one place. And so you can create a story and like literally tell a story in so many different ways that I think as a creator, for me personally, my opinion is sort of liberating, right? That I don't have to always do a video. I could do a photo if I wanted, or I could do a story that's going to go away in 24 hours and I don't have to stress about it, you know? Like it's, if I say something, whatever, it's like, okay, like it'll, it'll be gone in 24 hours. It's not, it's not that deep, right? So the, the ability to be able to do that, I think is really cool. And I also think that like Instagram, even Instagram DMs, like I feel like TikTok DMs is not as popping off as Instagram DMs is. I feel like my ability to connect with people there is a lot more powerful than it is on on TikTok. So I really like Instagram for community building, if that makes sense. I like TikTok for exposure. And that's like, that's like a little strategy tip for anybody who's trying to grow out on social media. Use TikTok to get, get exposure, but use Instagram to create depth in your content um, and really show as a creator, all the different ways you can create content, but also like as an influencer, you can share yourself in so many different ways and like build a deeper connection with your audience. And I think something similar happens when you do podcasts. I think that like, oh yeah, you can, you can have this audience that's really big, but you can create like a very cult like. I, I think that's a fun word to use. I love that word, cult like audience. Um, when you have a podcast, because you you're creating a more deeper level of conversation. So I think that's what Instagram at times allows us to do. Um, but for me, I, I love Instagram because I feel like I can be a little bit more creative. I feel like TikTok's like authentic, but I think Instagram is creative. I think that's how I would describe them. Um, I like that. I know that it's out, like people aren't into it anymore, but I think like curating your feed is fun. Like I'm not super strict about it. Like if I, if I want to post something, You post definitely it. like have like an aesthetic and you are yeah, very good. And I enjoy that. I enjoy that. that. Yeah. thank you and I enjoy that so and I know it's not for everybody right like I understand some creators that's not what they want to do but um yeah that definitely brings me joy so 
like why 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 go against the grain on that like if if i'm naturally doing it because i love it then i'm just gonna keep doing it you know eventually i'll get bored and then i'll stop (laughs) but for now i love it (laughs) yeah i no, i i absolutely love the curation i think curated instagram is coming back a little bit um i'm hoping it's not i'm hoping it's not ig blogger era like Mm -hmm. i'm like i could i could do without that yeah but I do think that there is an element like bringing back the creativity of Instagram mm-hmm. and not the comparison of Instagram would be really, yeah. really neat. And I think that's starting to happen. I think that's where the photo yeah. dumps sort of are moving right. towards. I'm now such I'm like, a fan of those. I love, I love the photo dumps. I'm like, everybody understand like this is still curated authenticity. Like it's, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> You do get to be creative with it, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do some like rapid, not rapid fire, but just some uh, like sort of fun questions. So mm-hmm. um, I love your style. I love the way that you yeah. curate your style. Can you give uh, a couple tips on finding your style on mm-hmm. um, like creating outfits and curating your closet? Yeah. So I think when it comes to finding your personal style, I feel like I'm still on my personal style journey. I've been sharing a lot of that on TikTok lately. But I think it takes a lot of soul searching. I would say try to stay off social media. That sounds a little crazy because everybody wants to get like inspiration from Pinterest, which is not always bad. But I think that there's like it's there's a lot of power in just like stepping away from social media, looking at your closet, or going into a store or online shopping, whatever that you like to do, and finding what speaks to you, right? And I think that that's what ends up creating more of a unique style, you know. And I think that staying away from trends is a good idea um that also helps you find like what really makes your style your own so yeah just a little bit of soul searching and staying off the social media will help <laughs> i no, i love that i think the social media thing is probably is a, a good um tip i i when I, I need to challenge myself like i'll go to my closet and pick out like one item and then i'll style around it because i'm like i just need yeah. a sandbox to plan like if i just look at my closet i'll get overwhelmed but if i have like really? one item i'm like okay now we can we can <laughs> Like move around. My closet, this. my closet is my happy place. Like I, is you it? know how people like freak out over like spring cleaning. Like yeah. I spring clean like every season. I love going through my closet, having a giant mess in my room, trying everything on, playing dress up, and like finding outfits, deciding whether or not I like something anymore. Like that is me thriving. I enjoy it so much, I which love, is like I, so psycho of me. <laughs> no, no, no. I love that. I think that I've this. Winter, I realize. I mean, winter's just not my season. Winter is my season. I'm not. I'm not a fall winter girl, but I also live in Miami, so maybe it's yeah, just, like I just don't understand it. Yeah, I no, I I don't. I have no idea how to dress for fall and winter like at all. I got newly, which has been helpful because then I can like get these giant coats and like try to style them, but I don't have to keep them because I don't want to pay four hundred dollars for a giant coat. Mm-hmm. I just want something to play with and and keep me warm. So, mm-hmm. um. So I've re- been really loving that, but um, okay. Three brands that you're like, you were loving right now, obsessed with right now can be in any category. Oh God, that's so hard. Okay. Well, like realistic brands are like, I like to shop from, um, Urban Outfitters has always been a love of mine. Interesting. Like, okay. I think I, I, I know sometimes I seem a little bit of a minimalist. Sometimes I seem preppy. Sometimes I seem European, but other times I- I'm channeling the Urban Outfitters girl. Like, yeah, my style sometimes goes all over the place, but walking to an Urban Outfitters store gives me um, two other ones. Oh my god, this is so hard. Um, okay, Zara. I'm a little basic like that, but yeah, I is just I, they've got the good. You know, they can hit it right yeah. every time. 
Yeah, I, I have a love for European fashion, like love, love, love. I've been traveling to Europe since I was little. My 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 parents have always done that. Um, so like I'm obsessed with European culture and I'm obsessed with European fashion. So even though Zara, they say they're like, oh, it's not like super European. I get it. It's not the most authentic thing, but like it's the closest thing that I'm gonna get yeah. here in the States. So I love it. Um, what else? What other brand? Any, I love so many. That's so yeah, hard. Let's, let's go. I, I'll give you two more categories. I want to do um like food and bev, which can kind of be weird, Ooh. and beauty. Okay. Well, food and beverage. Um, lately I've been loving like mojitos. When it comes to like, why why did I go straight for the alcoholic drink? I'm sorry. Um, oh, no, I love that. <laughs> so lately perfect. I've been such a mojito girl, but like when I'm trying to be cool, I'll have like a what's it called. An espresso martini. Oh, I don't um, do espresso. So I don't do chocolate or ooh. coffee. So like, oh, that's the other thing about me. I'm a coffee whore. I love <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I, I like before it's like twelve in the afternoon. I probably had two coffees already. Um, and it's not even like a. I need to be awake. Like I need the energy. It's truly. I enjoy it. Like I enjoy like the, the, it. the art of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the. I find it therapeutic to make mm-hmm. it. It's like super weird. So coffee. Um mosquitoes i would say and then like i have to pick a food um this is basic pizza but like specifically i've been into cauliflower pizza okay, um interesting. Just like i know i know some people are like oh she's trying to be healthy no it's like truly i like the fact that i don't feel super bloated afterwards like that is you know, honestly a- it's like the reward without the sacrifice yeah, is like exactly. very nice i totally yes, and I, that's and I poppies that uh, yeah. <laughs> I poppy is my whole life and i didn't realize like yeah. Can you, is it this one? Yeah, it. I like am matching with the thing. I I love this brand. I love their mm-hmm. whole, I love their marketing strategy because I'm a geek, mm-hmm. but then I love their product. Like I love poppies so much and I'm such a cheap ass and these are not like cheap. I, they're not super, well, no, okay. They're like $12.99 at Publix for a four pack, which is like, who the fork? But uh, one, I got on their PR list, so I get them sent. Every- <laughs> they send me them every month. So I was like, "This is amazing." But I would still like they would be my treat thing. Like I'd walk into Publix, which I Publix is my um, sworn enemy, but I would venture in there just to get poppies because I was like, "I just I love." Them. Why are you afraid of? Why are you afraid of Publix? I'm not afraid of it. Um, me and Publix have a complicated relationship. Same with me and Harris Teeter. Same with me and me and Whole Foods are actually enemies. Um, it's purely that I have an issue with, uh, paying for convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Publix, Harris Teeter, definitely Whole Foods is another category, but it's like Publix and Harris Teeter there. Things are more expensive because of like the experience. And I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, give me an Aldi. Aldi <laughs> like knows where it's at. It, they know I need to like get the hell out and be done. Um, yeah. like that's, that's my jam. And then we just got to leave and I like, like yeah, I where... feel that I've grown up with Publix though, so I'm just kind of naturally. A no, if star, you're a Florida not, person, it was not out of choice. It's not out no, of choice. No, if you're a Florida person, <laughs> I'm like, I realize like I'm basically insulting your Lord and Savior, which I totally, you know, my bad. I'll go in there sometimes. Like me and no, I'll like, dap it like, up. There's no other choice. Like I go this yeah. way, Publix. Go that way, there's a Publix. Like yeah. I would have to go 30 minutes to find anything else. So yeah. Publix is everywhere. Everywhere I look. So yeah, it's not by choice. <laughs> Um, if you uh, on the topic of mojitos, I didn't. I don't want to forget. Have you ever had a Hugo? As somebody who really loves Europe, no. Okay, listen. Okay, listen. <laughs> Let me say. Okay, listen one more time, just for fun. Ice. I want you to take a wine glass. I want you to put ice in it. I want you to take a shot of Saint Germain. 
which is an elderflower liqueur. I would spring for St. Germain, though if you go to a um, uh, wine, wine, what is that place called? Anyway, one of those like surplus like alcohol places, they will like give total wine. Total wine. Thank you. Yeah. Go to the liquor portion. Uh, I did get a really nice recommendation for one that was slightly cheaper, but for the first time, definitely get St. Germain. We are always stocked with St. Germain. Uh, shot of St. Germain. Then you're going to squeeze lime in it and muddle mint in it. Then you're going to top it the rest with Prosecco. So there is okay. nothing in there that's not alcohol. It is Prosecco and it is elderflower liqueur. And the lime and the citrus kind of cuts it. And then Joseph really loves to put like an orange or a grapefruit in it, any other like type of citrus in that way. Um, you'll down them and it, they are so refreshing, especially as somebody who's in Miami. Like we drink them all year long, but it is the most refreshing. Okay. And it's, we I'm do it for make all this. our guests. Like our house is known to be the Hugo house and it's so good. I love, okay. I'm definitely going to try this. <laughs> all right. Uh, last one before we sign out beauty brand beauty brand um okay so I struggled a lot with my skin the past couple years and I went to a dermatologist I got all the creams okay so I'm not like totally accrediting this brand Mm -hmm. but pure is a clean beauty brand and it's affordable you can get at Ulta P-U-R I swear by it oh I've Um, seen that I love that brand and the reason why is because especially their powder I use their translucent powder their powders don't have talc in it talc is used especially if you have oily skin most of most of your powders probably have talc in it because it like it mutes down that oil it absorbs that oil but what it's also doing is getting into your pores really bad it makes you break out more a lot most powders have it um but theirs don't i love it for that and also their tinted moisturizer game changer game changer Ah. that's that's truly the brand i love no i love that (laughs) then that's a brand that i really haven't heard like i i've I've heard of the brand but i haven't heard it Mm -hmm. um like from other people before which is so exciting thank you so much for coming on the year is such, such so inspiring so talented and um i'm so grateful that you were uh you know willing to come on and be authentic and you and you're just awesome thank you so much um i really love these podcasts so thank you for having me